0: Dr. Arna Rubenstein is a friend, a coach and a mentor to many people in the community. He's been uh, founder of the Rite of Passage Institute, which he started 25 years ago. And he's been continually running programs in the community for young people, men, girls, to become into women and men. Um, supporting them through uh, the ancient way of the rite of passage process, which he's been bringing out to mainstream Australia and the world. He's working in several countries throughout the, uh, throughout the world, um, and all of a sudden his world has been turned upside down as a result of COVID-19. It's very face-to-face and hands-on the work, but he's now turning into a digital experience that people can experience um, everywhere, uh, you know, through. The online presence that really is creating a lot of space and growth for a lot of people. Uh, so tune in. I know you'll love this podcast. It's been something I've been looking forward to doing for a number of years. So, Anna Rubenstein, thank you so much for joining us on the Iron Yarn podcast.
1: Absolute pleasure, Lockie. Nice to be here with you, mate.
0: So, w- w- how we like getting these um, check-ins uh, started um, with the podcast is? Uh, can you share a bit of a quote for us?
1: Yes. Uh, Thing about a quote, actually, by far my favourite quote at the moment uh, is one that I learnt when I was at Harvard University when I won a scholarship there to the business school, and it is that in crisis there is an opportunity. And, you know, not a question that we are um, in a crisis situation with the coronavirus, um, but there's also not a question that there are enormous opportunities and great thing for us to discuss today. Fantastic.
0: Great. Oh, that's, uh, you've really nailed that one. So something that we've been doing for a number of, uh, well, kind of really in the scheme of things, in the scheme of rights of passage, the short time we've known each other for the last couple of years. Um, something that you've brought into my life, which I take into many other areas of my life, is this concept of a check-in. Um, do you mind, uh, I think it's quite relevant now, to do a bit of a check-in given the times um, of yourself and then maybe run through everyone through the kind of the concept of a check-in?
1: Sure. So, are we starting with the check in, or you want to understand a check in first? Sorry.
0: Um, I'd like to. Let's start off with the check in.
1: All right. How about I start? So, my check in. Um, well, I'm tempted to say I'm good, and and I sort of am, but there's a lot of things going on at the moment. Um, I have the 89 and 90 year old mother and father who are locked down in Melbourne in their house, and so I'm very concerned about them. Uh, and I have my, you know, one son in London and one son in Melbourne. So there's a lot going on there. I have no business at the moment because uh, you know, schools and and public speaking and all that stuff's completely gone. So I have no income and have a team that I'm employing. That's one side of the check-in. Uh, and on the other side, I'm I'm quite excited, and that's just the truth of it. I'm excited about the opportunities. I'm excited about the fact that. You know, people all over the world are, are going to be at home looking for things to do, and what's going on, in my opinion, is a rite of passage, and so it's an incredible opportunity for us to really support and get our message out to a lot of people. And I'm excited about the freedom of, kind of, everything's up in the air at the moment. Um, so yeah, my check-ins, kind of, you know, I'm I'm at both ends of the spectrum, and uh, finally, I'd say I'm happy to be here with you, Lockie, and and. Uh, Really enjoyed what you're doing and what we've done since we've known each other the last couple of years. So I'm looking forward to this interview.
0: Thanks, mate. Well, thank you for that. I, um, I guess, on my check in, I'm surprisingly am in that kind of similar phase. I think um, a lot of this work that we do, we do with the Rite of passage, you do kind of look at into life is this this macro picture of things. And and uh, so right now, I actually just sat in the sun for about 15 minutes before we had this chat. So I'm feeling quite um, energized. Um, a bit of a daily practice for me has been uh, making sure I'm stopping stopping for at least 10 minutes in the middle of the day to breathe and that's been serving me quite well um, how I'm kind of holding up um, with all this in a weird way I um, the work that we're doing with iron is quite uh, it's taking getting a lot of traction surprisingly um, well not surprisingly but um, it's very exciting a lot of people actually realizing as they become more virtual it's a way for them um, to check in with their community their peers. Um, and more uh, with more intent and and connect deeper. Um, Iron helps facilitate that. So in my world, it's actually been the busiest time for me ever with Iron. So um, and that um, excites me a lot. So I'm feeling quite good. And, and also to have a uh, you know right now um, to have you on the on the phone, who's been a huge coach and um, teacher for me um, as my real main teacher over the last few years. Very exciting. I mean, dreaming about this you know opportunity to get you know, your story out there to my friends in the community and the podcast. So I'm really excited about, you know, how to be a parent in crisis situations. And one of the um, posts I saw you put up yesterday was actually about, um, you know, this concept of a check-in. For us, we do a lot of these accounts we do, um, but you have quite a a perfect little formula, a word golden. Um, Do you mind just running everyone
1: through what that is? Sure. Well, look, the whole aim of a check-in is that when you say to someone, how are you going, rather than just saying good, fine or okay we actually want to know how someone's genuinely going and and there's no more important time than that and a lot of my work at the moment now is focused around families at home and families at and and the children many of whom are you know anxious children scared children all sorts of things going on and and it's critical that we can actually check in on their well-being and just with friends in general you know I I want to know how people are really going not just you know a a throwaway line So the idea of a check-in is to, you know, honestly share what's going on for you. And there are different ways of doing this. So I put together a word that we use to really make sure that we cover a lot of the important bases of a check-in and that's the word golden, G-O-L-D-E-N. The G just stands for how am I going overall? Am I going well? Am I going terribly? Golden. That's the G. The O is what have I been occupied with? What have I been doing? So, you know, I've been at home, been setting up, been getting organised, all that stuff. What have I liked in the last period of time? You know, what's going well? Sharing about that. What's been difficult in the last period of time? And I mentioned about my parents and lockdown, everything like that. Um, E stands for what am I excited about? What's, you know, what's coming up that uh, I'm looking forward to doing? And the N is what do I need? What support do I need? What help do I need? my life at the moment so if we follow the letters of the word golden we end up having a pretty good check-in I reckon fantastic yeah it was actually really powerful for me and my partner you know before I
0: walk you know how you going how's your day and just kind of actually pulling it back to that and doing a check-in every evening to make sure we're truly kind of holding that space for each other I love it so much yeah so with that um we're trying to actually
1: create a culture we're trying to create a culture, Lockie, where all over the place, you know, whether we're family, whether we're just friends, whether we're relatives, when we meet each other, we genuinely check in, spend five.
0: Sorry about this. We lost a bit of audio uh, in Mullumbimby, the internet's poor. One
1: of the things we're hoping to get get becoming normal again.
0: Exactly. I love it. I love it. So I guess with that, let's... Oh, just intense, a little bit dodgy. Here we go. So, with that, um, what we might do is kind of go into your story, Anna Rubinstein, Dr. Anna Rubinstein. I think a lot of people out there may have read your book who are listening to this. I've certainly been sharing a lot of your work to a lot of my peers and mentors. But a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to hear your story around what kind of brought you into this meaningful, purposeful work of the writer as founder and CEO of the Writer Passage Institute. Do you mind giving everyone a bit of a, uh, a bit of a run through of your story today?
1: Sure. So I started my career as a doctor. I was did a uh, few years in family medicine as a general practitioner. And then I moved into emergency medicine and did nearly 20 years as an emergency medicine doctor. And I loved being a doctor in many ways. I think it's a noble profession, but I also saw a lot of issues and um, you know, I saw that often we were treating symptoms rather than the, the cause of things that were going on. And, and I saw many, many teenagers coming into my emergency department who had you know, seemingly consistently done similarly stupid things. And I, I somehow worked out that what they were actually doing was trying to find a way to initiate themselves and you know, prove that they were adults, men and women. And, and I and I got involved in some personal development work myself. And well, wait, and just what would Just idea, to give the people
0: of, a bit of. Sorry, just to cut in there, just to give people a bit of an understanding around those some of those risky things to really get it quite granular. Sure. What kind of men do? Yeah.
1: yeah. Or, well, or I, I noticed some patterns. I noticed some patterns, and the boys, uh, if the, if you could find something to do with wheels or speed or jumping off things that were high or over things. You know, any of those sorts of things were highly appealing to boys, managing pain. um, And that sort of translated into me seeing many, many boys come in who'd, you know, built a, a jump, a ramp for their bike or their scooter or their motorbike or their skateboard or anything. And as soon as they made the jump successfully, they'd go back and make it higher and higher until, you know, the inevitable happened and it went wrong and they came and met me. Or just driving their cars as fast as they can or getting in fights or, jumping off the roof of their house or jumping out of trees in rivers, you know, any of those sorts of things seem to particularly appeal to young men, uh, you know, kind of facing their mortality and seeing how hard they could go out there. Uh, and, and with women, girls, what I saw more commonly, you know, these are generalisations, but the overall was that the women, the girls would sort of go internally and then get into really unhealthy situations. And so maybe they would drink too much and then go off with the wrong guy or get in the car with the wrong person or go to the wrong party or, you know, and, then, and then end up in a bad situation. And, and interestingly, you know, even though their voice, their inner voice was saying, don't do this, it's, a not, it's not a good idea, you know, they would do it anyway. And um, so you know, I noticed those patterns. And, and then when I started looking into rites of passage and discovered that Indigenous communities all over the world would in fact create rites of passage for their boys and their girls as a way of getting them across this period of time, um, so that they move from being boys and girls to being, you know, young men and young women with an important position in their community. Um, and I was like, wow, we're not doing that, and we end up with, you know, men and women who are still acting like children, and just really seeing how there were so many problems. At every level, that were resulting from our lack of rites of passage, and basically, I believe that life is a series of transformations, and it's like a staircase, and you, you know, each step is to the next stage in your life, and um, that's important. And generally speaking, each of those steps would have been marked and acknowledged by a rite of passage, and when we don't even do the first fundamental one of supporting boys and girls to become young men and young women we risk ending up with 30 40 50 year olds who are still acting like children you know and i work a lot with men and we end up with a lot of 40 old men who still think they're the center of the universe and life is just about them and you know, can never be wrong can never admit when they're wrong don't take responsibility for their actions and think that women are there for them and are their possessions um or or they can just take what they want and that's a really big problem and and just extending that you know i, I really worry that we live in a world that's actually ruled by boys and that there are many boys in, in extremely powerful positions in politics and in big business and who are basically about taking what they can for themselves rather than seeing how much good and they can be and how much of a Member of their community, they can be.
0: Wow, thank you so much. I think that was a real great kind of capture of that story, that journey into. So you transitioned. You left. Uh, you you saw that the rite of passage is essentially just a different form of healing from being a you know a yeah. GP running the Bimbi practice there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I still think I'm a, a you know working as a doctor, but instead of working in, you know, waiting until people get sick. and and working in a system that I struggled with, the work that we do in the Rites of Passage world is about um, prevention. And, And if we can work with teenagers and support them at that age, that actually makes a difference to the rest of their lives. And I actually saw that, you know, very often the people who I was working with as adults, a lot of their issues actually came from when they were young and teenagers. Right. So you know, up until two weeks
0: ago or three weeks ago, so do you mind just giving everyone a bit of an update? Now, obviously, a lot of your work is face-to-face, um, you know, that you ha- in your traditional model has been face-to-face running camps. So just give everyone a bit of an insight of some of the ways how you facilitate rite of passage work throughout the country.
1: Sure. Well, our first programs were rites of passage for fathers and sons, which we started back 25 years ago. And taking away groups of boys and their fathers and, and, you know, doing a ceremony, a five-day program where the men would share their stories. And, and we figured that the way to pass on wisdom and knowledge to the boys is not to tell them how to live their lives, but to really let them hear our stories and our true stories, you know, good and bad, and then let them make up their own decisions. So on these camps, the men would share their stories. We would create challenges for the boys. We get the boys to create a vision for how they want to be in the future as men. And then importantly, we recognise that each of the boys is different and each of them has their own unique gifts and talents, their own genius and spirit, and that our role as elders is to identify what are those things that are in each of our children, what are their gifts and how can we bring that out so that they can bring them into the community. So that was our first programme and that's been running Uh, for 25 years and then um, we very much saw that there was just as important a need for girls so we supported mother and daughter programs to happen and then um, uh, we started junior programs overnight programs for um, 7 to 11 year old boys or girls with their father or their mother to not so much a rite of passage but it was a, a you know, a parenting program and, and, and an introduction to the idea of a rite of passage so that um, when they got older, they the parents would understand the necessity of creating a rite of passage. And then somewhere along the line, about 15 years ago, we started running leadership training programs so that we could be training more facilitators so that people could go out and create their own rites of passage in their own families or work or communities And then we started doing a bit of work overseas and in the last 10 years I've run leadership programs and trainings in about 15 different countries and there are rites of passage programs happening in about a total of 25 different countries around the world. And we think somewhere like 200,000 people have been through our programs, We've also set up programs in schools and until three weeks ago we were in about 50 schools in Australia. And then uh, as of about three weeks ago, we've got no business and I'm kind of unemployed because schools aren't, we can't work in schools, we can't do public speaking and we can't do uh, our camps. But um, it also creates an amazing opportunity to take our work online Um, and we know that there are literally, you know, two or three billion people now sitting at home. And, you know, if we can find a way to support them to do something with their children and with each other that helps them move to the next stage in their lives that is actually one of the great opportunities of this moment
0: exactly and i think i love that just seeing that resilient mindset like holy shit really everything's can put your whole life has been put upside down but with that comes you know this growth and opportunity for for um for growth and new cha- you know these challenges Absolutely. do do create that and i think um you know just before we got online we had a bit of discussion about you know when should we upload his podcast and i think the reality is we don't know what's going to where the world's going to be um where consciousness and everyone's going to headspace is going to be at in the end you know maybe two weeks time so i'm going to make a real effort to get this because you, you had some statements like you know who knows what's going to be uh where the world's going to be like in you know say the end of next month um you know you well, if we some, just like, look at you. yeah yeah
1: yeah. If we, if we look at where we were at two or three weeks ago, you know, my family and I were discussing whether we're still going to go overseas for work and, you know, to visit relatives. And, and now that's just like a ridiculous concept. In fact, you can't even get out of Australia. Um, and so with everything changing so rapidly, we really don't know um, what's going to happen. And, and, you know, we do know that we're going to have a period of isolation and, Hopefully that ends, but we don't know whether there's going to be social disruption. We don't know whether there's going to be economic meltdown. Um, We really, what we do know is that it's unknown, it's not in our control, and that there are many factors involved and that this is an event that hasn't happened before in the modern world. Correct. And so I think that kind of leads into this
0: next point that I've been kind of dwelling on a fair bit, which is, you know, we're actually kind of, I don't know, you know, in the modern era, um, you know, I guess maybe World War II probably it was the last time where collectively, globally, everyone was, uh, was challenged at the, at the same point in time.
1: Correct. And, and that, you know, my parents who were 89 and 90, they were alive during that period, but certainly, you know, no one of our age. Yeah, right. So I guess, um,
0: you know, shifting through uh, changing gears a little bit into, you know, you've done a bit of the work you're doing now and um, the impact it's it's having on on a bunch of people in the community. Um, what are some of the ways how you're, uh, you know, um, digitalizing this rite of passage? Because, you know, this is traditionally for, you know, it ever really millennia? Um, a lot of this rite of passage work has been done, you know, in the person, where people maybe for a bit of context. For some people, you know, when you do a leadership training course, Anna takes you through and shows a few videos of different rider of passages that happen globally, um, from in the Philippines to South America, um, to Northern America and even to Australia. Um, so how do you see? And then when you take people through this, do you see how is this going to actually translate into digital space?
1: Yeah. So one of my things that I've been very interested in is to understand the academic side of what a rite of passage is, to see if there are, you know, steps that happen in every rite of passage. And definitely there are. And in fact, it was recognised over 100 years ago that a rite of passage always has three stages. And the first is a separation from your everyday living situation. The second is a transformational process, which takes a period of time. And the third and final stage is a reintegration and return back into your community, but in a different way because you've transformed. So we are currently in Australia in the separation stage of a rite of passage. We're all separating from our normal lives of work and socialising and going out to restaurants and having an income, um, You know, all of those things, that's all sort of falling away and we're now moving into this transformation stage, uh, which I call a container. You spend a period of time in that transformation stage. So we're moving into the container of, for many of us, our homes, where we'll be for we don't know how long, anywhere from one to three or four months um, or longer. And then eventually we'll come back out again and we'll return and reintegrate into our communities. So that's the three stages of a rite of passage, a separation, a transformation and a return. And not a question that's actually happening at the moment. Uh, And then my specific work has been around what happens within that transformation stage and identifying that and and then looking at how this also relates to what's happening at the moment for all of us.
0: Right. Okay, fantastic. I loved, um, for me, you know, the reason
1: what really drew me
0: to the Rite of Passage Institute was getting a bit of framework um, around experiences I was creating for some uh, families that I was being a bit of a mentor for. Um, just give me one moment. I'm just going to pause here. I'm pausing it. Can you hear that background noise?
1: A little bit of phone, but not not to any sort of issue degree, mate. Okay. It's not I, a, I no wouldn't worry about it. Okay, cool. I wouldn't I'll worry about
0: it. Start. Can you hear the lawnmower? Okay. Yeah. I just, there's a bunch of noise. This lady's just laughing. Like, yeah, uh, I wouldn't worry account. about it. Okay, cool. I'll just... Okay, that's fine. I'll start again. There we go. Um, so, yeah, I guess the thing that really drew me into the Rite of Passage work was the, um, the clarity around a framework. Um, it gave me as, a, you know, non-long-term experience outdoor uh, educator um, and, you know, um, experience creator... Um, so much clarity um, and confidence to go forth and create quite sophisticated experiences for an array of different clients throughout the country, um, you know, ranging from family offices into Indigenous communities um, and then even into schools and even into boxes. Um, just that simplicity of the formula that you've created. Um, so a bit of context around some of the, so you research globally around the world to do that and then you know, with the Rite of Passage Institute, people come in and they do a leadership training and then they become, they can then take that teaching into their own world that they like, whether it's a school, whether it's a community group and a, a corporate organisation. Is that how it kind of works?
1: Correct. So our, our aim is to educate people in the framework of a Rite of Passage and then support them in facilitation skills so they can create their own program in their own way, in their own community. Right.
0: Okay. I love it. And so people can sign up to this program. I guess there are online options for them to do it
1: currently. They can just go to there your website. There. Certainly there are, there will, There are about to be now. <laughs> Fantastic. So you know, I guess, what a great um, thing. if we're at home, if we're at home and we've got time, why not learn, you know, in more detail about what it is, you know, about the rite of passage framework and, and how we can, you know, really use that in a positive way.
0: 100%. So I guess, you know, the big thing for me,
1: you know, the rite of passage you know, Anna, I've
0: shared this with you in the past. I did the leadership training, and I had my own kind of awakening. Um, you know, per- personal things that came up for me. That was my challenge, and and really one of the challenges was actually getting clarity around the vision, what I wanted to be, and who I wanted to become. Um, and getting clarity on that, and then next minute I met my gorgeous partner, who I'm still with, and and then um, actually, Ion um, was uh, you know was really something I've been thinking about a lot of, um, and I think Ion um, came as a result of understanding a lot of the reintegration phase of these rite of passages people have these hind experiences so you know rite of passage could be attending a tony robbins you know date with destiny or unleash the power within all these big people who have you know ten thousand people in an arena talking about change your life change your mind all these different things but it's that reintegration how do you actually take that teaching that new insight that new vision for your life and then integrate it into your life and i think you know i felt there's a space there for you know, not just the Rite of Passage Institute, but more so, you know, other collectively people have heightened experiences and then how do they check in repeatedly on this way of thinking, this heightened way of thinking, as we say, the staircase um, with their peers. So they're brought along that journey of, you know, they know something has died and they're the birth of something new, that new vision. And essentially, that's what ION is doing. It allows people to connect in to that higher way of being um, with both themselves and with others.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. We always struggle to get the integration, that third stage when people come back. One of the big reasons is a rite of passage is supposed to be done within a community. So the whole community would know, for example, that the boys or the girls are going off to go through their rite of passage and will come back as young men and young women. And the whole community will be there when they do come back and will therefore see the new young men and young women and will treat them as young men and young women and, you know, the shift will happen. What happens with us is we go and we do these amazing workshops. We come back, no one knows, no one cares. People don't actually want us to change. And so, you know, if we're not careful, we sort of get pushed back into our old way of being. And that can be very distressing for people to have done, you know, to have done something and then not be recognised or acknowledged for what you've done. So we need to find ways of not only letting the community know what's happened, but supporting the people who have been through the programs and Iarn uh, is a perfect way that we can connect up everyone who's been on a rite of passage and, and give them a way of checking in with each other and communicating with each other and, um, you know, it, it actually is ideally su- suited to what we're trying to create.
0: I think it's a nice little segue into, um, <laughs> into the will we've actually got here um sorry the reason why you can't see me right now is just because i'm actually looking at your wheel that you shared through to me so you've got a bunch of different ah. segments here so the goal is um yeah. i'd love to have a bit of a conversation with you about um this wheel you know so you've sure. chosen um i'll just see if i can yeah you've chosen you've chosen oh i think the maximum amount of segments well done i know i got, know, I got 13, really excited then. yeah nice yeah. So, tell me about some of the strengths here. So, I see children 8.5, nutrition 8.1. There are obviously some areas, you know, you're up in bimbi. Talk to me about that a bit.
1: Well, you know, I have a very close relationship with my sons. So I'm happy about that. And, you know, if something good happens, they ring me and um, we talk, they're 28 and 30, and we talk a lot. And, you know, there are challenges, but I'm happy with the relationship. And, I, I place a high priority on living in a healthy way and so yes I am up in the Byron Bay area and I live on 150 acres and I'm very lucky I have access to good food um so those things scored well but then at the same time you know I can be very busy so I've got a number of hobbies and things like my music that I want to do that I'm just not doing nearly enough of and um You know, my relationship, my partner lives in Sydney and I live up here and we're both very busy. And so, um, you know, we haven't been able to see each other enough. Um, We created one of the opportunities actually here because she's come up to spend this time of isolation with me. So that's fantastic. Um, But it was actually very interesting for me just going through the different elements of the wheel and without thinking about it too much, just saying, look, this is where I'm at. And, yeah, I'm happy to discuss any of the specifics if you'd like to. Yeah,
0: well, I, and maybe just before we wrap up, we'll wrap up soon. Is there any other one, um, you know, after when we have these conversations about, you know, being, vulnerability is where the, the space for growth is and a lot of that is like doing. So, you know, are there any of these areas of your life that you feel like um, you're a bit challenged at the moment and you're committing to in the short term or medium term to, to expanding?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I'm challenged in my career and my finances, I have to admit, because, you know, I've always sort of taken it pretty close to the wind in that, you know, whilst I do a lot of programs, it's never been a particularly financially life financial lifestyle. So, you know, I've managed to survive, but I haven't had a lot of, um, I haven't had savings. I've always had a mortgage. and And now, with no income, in many ways, I'm really financially vulnerable, but I also feel like my career could go in all sorts of new directions and that there are lots of opportunities. So, you know, it's a kind of a mixed bag there, which is both scary. I I like that it can be scary and exciting and vulnerable and and full of opportunity at the same time.
0: Fantastic. I appreciate that. And I think, um, you know, people will be sharing that sentiment a lot globally. Um, I don't think you're alone in that. Um, So a big part of we're actually looking at doing a bit of a campaign in the next, in the coming weeks, where everyone's actually going to be sharing their will um, and maybe tagging three people and committing to have a conversation in Iron Yarn with those three people and committing to, you know, supporting them through that journey from being wherever they're at and they challenge it and growing up to another level. So I hope to get you involved with that.
1: Fantastic, Lockie. Thank you for having me on your uh, Zoom cast. And uh, (laughs) I really look forward to seeing what you end up doing with all of this.
0: I really appreciate um, you and I just want to say a big thank you for all your guidance and coaching for me but also you know two other people we've had on this uh, podcast Josh Fergus recently um, and also Mike Dyson have both been on this podcast um, you know a lot of us have taught uh, off you and we've got a couple other practitioners who will be on the um, platform in the coming weeks as well so thank you for having such a big impact
1: thanks Lockheed.
0: So I'm really excited that a lot more people are going to be able to access Anna's teachings online. Uh, all the information will be in the, in the notes of this podcast.
1: Um, thank you for listening.